I think about things differently. There was a time when if we had a political or a theological difference, that would be the end of it. You couldn't be in my circle. We just couldn't hang out because I wanted everyone to think like me. Over the years, God has tested me in ways of pushing me to build relationships with people who are very different in their thinking from me. It doesn't mean I condone anything that they may be living a life completely outside of God's plan, but it doesn't excuse me from having a relationship. We can agree to disagree. We can actually have a mature conversation about things that we don't agree on. And God is pushing me to do that more, and it's uncomfortable. You know, the process of refinishing and repurposing something includes sanding off an old surface sometimes and replacing it. And when God does that in our lives, that's not always a comfortable thing. Sometimes it's looking at what he's teaching me through another person's story, and I realize, oh, my attitude was so off on that. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories show listeners. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your chief storyteller host, coming to you today from Overland Park, Kansas. Welcome to the Altered Stories show, episode 56, Michelle's Life Repurpose God Story. Friends, Before we get to know Michelle, I just have a few things I wanted to share. I always like to just thank those of you that are listening as the show continues to grow. And we now have over 6,000 downloads and our Eternity Ready Radio audience continues to grow as well. And I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening and for caring about the stories that the lovely guests that I have on this show that share are sharing. And so thank you. And then also I wanted to uh, mention that my podcast show has been nominated for a Spark Media Podcast Award for Best Interview Category. And I would really appreciate your prayers for favor for the show for this prestigious award. And I will be reaching out in the next week or so uh, via social media when it's time to vote. So I'm excited to share that. Friends, you know, I like to talk (laughs) and I love to bring people to the mic to talk to. And today I have a very special guest, a lovely guest that I am bringing to you to hear her God story. And her name is Michelle Rayburn. And I was blessed to meet Michelle through the Christian Podcasters Association, where I've been able to meet quite a few other fellow podcasters. And Michelle also, um, I I took a little excerpt of her recording for the uh, Christmas podcast that I shared. And I just thought she did a lovely job with her recording. And I added that to the podcast. So you have heard a little bit from Michelle when she uh, did that recording uh, from her particular podcast. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that in our conversation today. So friends, let's get to know her. Good afternoon, Michelle, and welcome to the show. Where are you? Where are you located? 
Yeah. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I love it. It's the reunion of the Michelles. <laughs> we met in person <laughs> over a year ago, I think it was. So it's cool. I'm from Northern Wisconsin. So way up almost to Canada. So we have a little bit of an accent up here. Yes, you do. Um, but I love your accent. So, you. and you have a lovely dress. Is it a dress or a shirt? I mean, you got some major I'll tell Flowers. you, the, the listeners can't see it, but this is my daily uniform, a tunic and leggings. It is the most comfortable <laughs> way to work every day. <laughs> well, I love your authenticity and that's the way we need to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yes. so much fun to, um, I was thinking about that. I was getting dressed this morning, actually, about how authentic we are on camera versus you know, like nobody knows I have Crocs on my feet or slippers or whatever I'm wearing behind the camera. And we sometimes do put forward like what we want people to see. And I love to be real and just let people know that, you know, this is me. I wear Crocs with socks. <laughs> you know what? I think that's really amazing. And I think that's what we all need to learn from. We have to be, and I think it's more it's really well-received when we are that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can try to manage your image and all of that, but you know, the, those that are just real, I think are just received really well. And I think that's what our world needs right now yeah. too. So thank you for that. Yeah, so yeah. Michelle, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with you introducing yourself or I can introduce yourself. I'm going to let you tell me what you'd like to do there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Let's go all the way back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll go all the way back. No, I'm an, I'll tell you a little bit about my personal story. I'm an empty nester mom of two boys. So if anyone's listening and has raised only boys, no daughters, they know what it's like to be a boy mom. And I have two daughters-in-law and I have a granddaughter and two more grandbabies on the way. And so I'm excited that I get to have some girls in my family now. And over the years, my boys have not cared a hoot about what I've done. They don't care about my podcast. They don't care about the books I write because everything I do is kind of estrogen loaded. It's mostly for <laughs> women. And so they just don't really care about all the blog posts I did over the years. But when they were home, I needed an outlet. I really needed to have some connection with the outside world when I was raising them. So I started a blog just showing garage sale decorating. I would drive my boys around to garage sales and they actually got into that part because there's video games and toys and stuff they could look at. And then I would find things to repurpose for decorating my home. So it's kind of one way of bringing them in. And then I would bring them home and take before and after pictures as I painted things and transformed them and then put those up on my blog, started connecting with women and hearing back from readers who said, I love this. I'm going to try this on my own. So that's a little bit of how my whole story developed into a podcast and a book and everything was just trying to get outside of boy world and connect with women. And then that became wow. a podcast and became a book that's all on that central theme of repurposing. Well, I love it. And geez, I could use your expertise. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you and listeners, um, she has a really cool journal. It's called the one, two, three ideas in progress journal for achievers and list lovers. And I like this particular journal because 
it isn't your traditional journal. And it just, it gives you an opportunity to like write down your thoughts and tweaks. And I mean, it's, it's, it definitely goes with the flow and fits my life and how (laughs) I operate. So I'm grateful, Michelle, that you and I made this connection and I have this journal and you're here today. And um, I love your, your, the way that you always share stories and everything that you talk about, because I do think it makes you relatable. And I think it's of great interest (laughs) when you do that. And so I love the story behind where you are and how you were led to where you are. And I do know that you like to read, of course. I do. And you also like dark chocolate, I I understand, and drinking iced coffee. And you have no problem with stopping and resting and taking time to recharge. Well, I'll tell you, I do have a problem with making time for that, but I've realized I have to. And so it's Sunday afternoons is my time to, in the wintertime, just be on the sofa, maybe watching Hallmark movies or something like that. But in the (laughs) summer, I like to go outside with my hammock and read a book or listen to a podcast or something or an audio book. And I'm always thinking of the things that I should be doing, which is why I made a to-do list journal. (laughs) It's like, I'm always thinking of things. And one of those priorities for me does have to be figuring out how to recharge and just saying no to all the things that could tear me away from that. So there are some weeks I totally fail on recharging, but other weeks where I do get that time in. Yeah. Well, this to me helps center me and also I really appreciate another fellow podcaster and sister in Christ that you know emphasizes that so I want to bring that out so the listeners understand you know just a little more about who you are right i mean we're bringing you to the mic and all of a sudden trying to get you to deep dive into these conversations that can be really personal, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, so I just think sometimes it's nice that we have some just friendly conversation, right? So that listeners can understand a little bit more of who you are. Now, you do have some education in pastoral counseling. Is that, is that true? Yeah. I'd like to hear just a little bit more about that, um, Michelle, if you don't mind. Yeah. You know, I love going to school. So if I had the money, I would go to school forever. <laughs> I would have multiple yeah. degrees oh, if yeah. I had the time and the money. But when I was in my mid thirties, I guess it was, I was speaking to a lot of women or for a lot of women's events. And I realized that there are so many needs of the women. Like we're not speaking at an audience. We're speaking to human beings. And I realized that I could see the hurt in people's eyes and they would come up and they would talk to me afterwards. And I didn't know exactly what to do. How do I minister to them in some way? You know, it's like I can pray with them. And then I realized that I could go back to school and get a degree that would help me with the ministry I was doing in my own church, but also add on this counseling emphasis that would help me in being able to minister one-on-one to people. So I've never been 
a pastoral counselor on staff or anything where people come in and meet with me, but that counseling happens. You've probably found that too in your everyday life where you're ministering to somebody who's deeply hurting. And so, yeah, in my mid thirties, I went back to school online and got my master's in ministry leadership with a pastoral counseling emphasis. And that's how I've used it. It it plays into how I think about podcasting, even about thinking about who's on the other side, listening to us. I love that. It's so important. Um, And so I wanted you to just share a little bit more about that, because as you go through and listen to some of your podcast episodes, you know, you can hear that coming out. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, I do a a lot of that too, in the ministry work I do. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. And um, anything else on a personal note about yourself, Michelle, that you want to share? <laughs> you know, my husband and I have been married for 31 years and I talk often about that relationship when I'm speaking or when I'm on a podcast, because I want people to know that again, it's not just an appearance like 31 years is not 31 years of perfection. So it's 31 years of a journey of starting out as kids in college, really, and learning how to grow up together. And even last night, we were having a discussion about something. I don't remember what it was. And then all of a sudden, my husband was like, I'm done with this. And like, and he wasn't mad. He's not an angry person. He's like super sweet. But it was one of those moments where I kept pushing like, no, I want to keep talking about this. And, you know, even after 31 years, we're still like, oh, I wasn't listening to him. He wasn't listening to me. All right, let's pause and start over. And so, um, yeah, I talk about my relationship with my husband often and he's fine with that. And uh, we wrote a book last year called Classic Marriage, just where we're talking about how we got through 31 years of marriage. And um, so he's he's a big part of like, I can't even imagine life without him. I'm 51 no. and he's been in my life for 30, 35 years. <laughs> And it really does go so fast, doesn't it? It does. It just seems like yesterday. I mean, my husband and I will be celebrating our 25-year anniversary in October. And uh, we just go, where did this go? I mean, we, we, we can't believe it. And as you get older, it goes faster, it seems like. So anyway, but. He's a big part of my God story when I, when I talk about that too, because I was 16 when we started dating, I was 20 when we got married. And so he has watched me go through all the phases of what God has done in my life. And God has been doing on his own track, doing things in his life. He has his own God story. And then together we have a God story. So I love that God works on us as individuals and then together works on us as a couple. So it's just really cool how God is always at work. Yes, it is. And um, you can hear that in how you're sharing. So I, I really believe our listeners will be so encouraged by everything today as they hear your stories, you know. And one of the questions I have too is around your podcast name. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know that you have a book and we have the God story name, but did you write the book then and do the podcast? Is that the sequence of events? 
Yeah, the book or, came before the podcast, okay. but the blog yeah. that I mentioned came first. So I was blogging about was it decorating. all like repurposed? It was oh, okay. it was yeah, the blog was about repurposing stuff. And over time I realized there's a bigger story here. You know, I looked at the things that like I hang I hang repurposed things on my wall. I hang old windows. They're all chipped up and I put them on my wall. I might make them into a chalkboard or something like that. And I realized that they still have many, many flaws. And yet I love these items despite the flaws. The flaws even tell a story. Like this window used to be on the old mansion down at such and such. And I picked it up. In fact, I have several. I picked them up through Craigslist on somebody's listing. And they were part of a 150 year old house that's downtown in the town near us. So they have a story. And I realized that that's exactly how our lives are. We have flaws, we have a story and our scars tell a story. So gradually I started to work that kind of content into my blog. It wasn't just a decorating blog. And eventually it became almost 100%. I'm talking about God stories, very similar to what you talk about. And I just morphed from blogging about decorating, but I kept that repurposing theme because to me, everything I have on my wall, everything I repurpose for an old pot turns into a flower pot. Everything reminds me of how God repurposes something in our life. And when I started doing that, I never knew it was going to be a book. I just thought it was a blog forever. And it was going to be part of my speaking ministry. And then God gave me an idea for a book. And then he gave me an idea for a podcast. And I just kept going with that life repurpose theme. It, it just didn't go away. I didn't know it was going to become like central. It was just something I did to get away from the mommy moments with little boys. Yes. But see, God takes everything. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I mean, nothing is ever not for purpose, right? Especially as we are his children and we are seeking to glorify him in our lives and, you know, even every season of our life. Yeah. And I, of course, know that you understand the benefit of sharing your story. Mm. And I would love to hear from you too, why you think storytelling is so important. I mean, there are people who do this for a living. I mean, they have been doing storytelling for years and years and years. I jumped on a clubhouse in a clubhouse room. I was invited and I could not believe the number of people out there that are really into the power of story. Yeah. And so I, I would just love to hear from you too, why you think sharing your story is so important before we jump into <laughs> you sharing yeah. your life repurposing repurpose God's story. Yeah. So this is something that really goes back to the model we see in scripture. Can you imagine what the Bible would be like if God made it just a to-do list, if he made it just a list of rules? I mean, they're there. <laughs> if you go to Leviticus, you're going to see all of his instructions, but the Bible is full of story and it's not just story, they're true accounts. And when you look at those true accounts of what happened in someone else's life, it helps somebody else to step into that and to see it modeled out. And it makes me believe that if this person can find hope, if God can do this in that person's life, if he can work that miracle, 
if this person had real human emotions and of sadness and all of these things, and then there was hope in the midst of that, then I believe I can do that too. And so I think he's given us not only his word as a model of how that works, but he's given us a desire to hear other people's stories because we don't feel so alone. So if somebody tells me their story of, you know, something I've gone through, like I was a stay-at-home mom and there were days where I didn't love it. And I'd go to my mother's a preschoolers group and tell somebody there, you know, like I have a secret to tell you, I don't always love being a mommy. And I was like, they're all going to look at me like I'm crazy. And then when one woman leans across the table and says, I don't love it every day either. And you break down in tears. And I realized somebody else shares my story. Now let's talk. There's hope here. We can commiserate together, but also find ways to cope. Also, hearing someone else's story helps me to understand something that I didn't experience. For example, I have not experienced clinical depression, but when somebody else tells me their story of it, I can have empathy and it begins to help me understand and to not just give pat answers of how they should feel or what they should do, but instead compassionately listen and say, I hear you. I don't understand it, but I hear you. So that's, I think story helps us to both communicate with other people, but also to understand people. Yes. And those are really wonderful words. Um, I, I know there's so much healing that comes from storytelling mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hearing and telling your story. And that's what has drawn me into the ministry of altered stories yeah. and the transformational pieces and the change piece that happens, um, whether it's through hearing a woman's story or telling your mm-hmm. story. So I love it, Michelle. And I think this is a good segue now into having you share for us your life repurposed God story. So Michelle, as you know, I always ask this question of my guests. (laughs) So where does your God story begin? This time I seriously am going to go back to childhood and not tell you the whole story, but I have to go back to when I was really small because I grew up in a Christian family And so my parents took me to church every week. My parents were very involved in church. I was in Sunday school every week. And when I was really small, like five or six years old, I heard a Sunday school teacher just tell us about the relationship that Jesus wants to have with each of us. And then she gave us this opportunity. Do you want, and you know, the terminology you use with little children, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? Basically, Mm -hmm boiling it down for a child to say, do you want a relationship with him? And I said, yes. And so it goes back that far and you think, okay, if you've been a Christian your whole life, does that mean you had a perfect story? And the answer is no. We started out talking about pretending and putting on a front. And sometimes people like me who have grown up knowing Jesus from the time we were small, want to put on a fake front and have other people believe that either life was perfect or we don't sin. And those neither one is true. So as I began to grow in my relationship with Christ, I, as a child, I was curious. I wanted to know more. I, I went to 
one denomination school and another church. And so I had questions to my parents. Why am I memorizing a catechism at this one and a different catechism at this one? So I was Mm -hmm. exploring and asking questions. And it was as a teenager that I, I really got into asking what we call apologetics. Like, why do I believe what I believe? And that was when I realized that I hadn't exactly been living like a follower of Christ. There were a lot of things in my life that were influenced by friends. I wasn't into partying or anything like that, but I just was apathetic about most faith things. Like I I wanted to dig into the word in one, you know, like at church and then outside of there, it was like, well, I have these high school friends. I really don't want them to know that I'm a Christian. You know, I don't, I don't know. There was like putting on this front at school. I went to a public high school, so maybe that was part of it. But at 16, I went to a youth conference and that was where I don't even remember who the speaker was or what it was about. I just remember God really getting a hold of my heart and saying, I want you to live for me. I was around 15, 16, and I stood up and made this rededication of my life saying, I want to be a follower of Christ wherever I am, not just at school or not just at church. I want it to be wherever I am. And so that was when I can really say I I really dug into what we would call discipleship of like wanting to know what does it mean to follow Christ. It's also about the same time I started dating my husband and I met him yeah. at church. <laughs> so yeah. we met at, at youth group. Um, so we were we've known each other since we were kids, basically. But that developed into me wanting to share my faith at school. And so I sat across the lunch table from a friend one time and just explained to her what it was to have a relationship with Christ. I didn't know really much about what impact that had until years later after college. I I don't know where I ran into her. It might've been a class reunion. And she told me that she had made a decision to follow Christ after that conversation And so here I am in like my early twenties realizing that, oh, I can make a difference in somebody's life by telling story again, you know, telling a story, but I wish I could say that I went off to college and that I followed Christ in the way that he would want me to follow him. And here's where I did not, I did all Mm -hmm. the religious things. I got Mm -hmm. involved in a campus organization I was involved in Bible study. I went to the weekly meetings. I went knocking on doors and sharing this little booklet with people and telling them that God wants to have a relationship with you. I did all those things. I went through all those motions. And it wasn't until after college that I realized that I was doing that in the way that it was for more of a religious, like religiosity, like an outward display and that I didn't truly have compassion or understand anything about what the others were going through when I was knocking on their door and asking them, does, does, do you want to have a relationship with Jesus? What I was doing instead was going back to my own dorm room in the safety of my roommate and my, you know, my little sphere of Christians that I hung out with and saying, thank you, God, that I'm not like that person. Thank you that I'm not partying. Thank you that I'm not. And it was like, It wasn't until I was closer to 30 when I realized that I was exactly like this group of people in the Bible called Pharisees. They were religious leaders who wanted to do everything right. 
but spent a lot of time condemning people and looking down on people. And there's the story that Jesus tells again, it's story. It's so, it's all about story. In Luke Mm -hmm. 18, Jesus tells this story to the listeners and it really gets to them because he gives this example of a religious leader, a Pharisee who's on one side of the temple praying. And on the other side, this this tax collector who is totally despised by society. The Pharisee is standing there lifting his eyes up and praying, you know, the way we we sometimes maybe take on a prayer voice of, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that man over there. I give money to the church and I lead Bible studies and I speak for women's groups. Okay, I'm giving my own story in there. Um, But that's exactly where I was at. Thank you that I'm not like this person. I'm leading Bible studies. I'm sharing the gospel. It's all about me. And I realized that that's not at all the way Jesus called us to live here. And then here's this broken tax collector in the corner who's praying and he's just pouring out his heart on his face. And he's saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I realized that whether we grow up in the church or whether we never knew about Jesus until later in life, every single one of us has to be transformed by Jesus. Every one of us has trashy, stinky stuff in our life. And for me, it was pride. It was arrogance. It was thinking I knew better than other people. And for some people, it's something else. But every single one of us needs to have Jesus get a hold of us, even though I I trusted in Christ and I believed in him. There was another piece missing that he wanted to transform in my life. So that's where the whole life repurpose thing came from is realizing that every single one of us has that. And I cannot stand there and say, just because I didn't party or just because I didn't, you know, I could list all these things in no way. Does that mean there was not sin in my own life that God wanted to clean up? And for me, it was, it was that pride. So that's that's where my journey brought me to now. And then it's been years of him continuing to work on me because nothing is immediate. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, the old attitudes keep coming back. So one of the things I want your listeners to know, Michelle, is that you may have been wounded by somebody in the church who was like I was where I was thinking I had it together. I was really thinking I was doing the right thing and really thinking that all the things I said were somehow helpful to people. And maybe like I I gave you an example of a friend who was helped when I did share the gospel, but I can't, I look back and I realize that there was a roommate I had at one point along the way that if I could find her and if I could undo there was a lot of garbage that I created in her life because of my telling her what to do, my judging her, my tattling on her. Um, I have no idea where she is. I have searched for her and I wish I could go back and tell her I'm not that person anymore and I'm sorry. So if you're listening in, this always brings me to tears when I, when I think of you oh. on the other side of this microphone, if I could give you one message, it would be there are some broken Christians out there who say and do things they might not even intend to, but I apologize on their behalf because I want you to seek out somebody who is in that process of being transformed, who has discovered there's a better purpose for life than lecturing people. There is a better purpose in life than kicking you out if you do the wrong thing. 
there are Christians who want you to know the love of Jesus and want you to know the truth of what the Bible says. I don't water down the truth. You know, I don't discard the things that are listed in there that God wants to work on in my life. Um, But I want you to know that there is, there are people out there who do want to show the love of Jesus and who do have a heart of compassion. So that's a summary, <laughs> the, the short version of a long, long story of 51 years of God working on me and still working on me. Just like uh, my kitchen cupboards that have a 15-year-old paint job, they need to be redone. God has to redo something in my life quite often. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, it's a work in progress. You know, we fall down, we get up, we fall down, we get up. And a lot of Christians, especially when they become first saved, tend to be all in and, (laughs) you know, they're just ready to go out there and tell the world. (laughs) And, you know, I, I think some of their intentions are really you know, really good. But I think sometimes people forget that you have to build relationship Mm -hmm. with people and you have to first show others that they can trust you, right? Right. Before you begin down the path of trying to, you know, lecture or, you know, tell people what's right, what's wrong. And Mm -hmm. I, I just think um, that's a mature believer. It takes time. And, you know, we all have, you know, at one point or another judged another person. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's a pride thing. It brings, Mm -hmm. it's an ego thing. You want to put yourself above others. You You tend to want to be the righteous person. Through that, a lot of people get wounded. Yeah. And especially those that, you know, have never really had a relationship with Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and they're out there watching. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, God is such a God of redemption. And I'm, I'm sure, Michelle, at some point, this woman is going to hear this or Mm -hmm. is going to, you know, you're going to have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be able for her to know that you're sorry, you know, we all do things when we're younger and, you know, in our past that have hurt others, right? I can tell you a story when I was little and, you know, I keep asking God, oh, please forgive me for this. But I was like six years old and I was in a classroom and I was by my teacher asked to be the substitute. She stepped out for a minute and there were kids that were coloring and I got a really big head, you know, even at that age, you know, I was in first grade and the teacher asked me to stay in the classroom while she stepped out a minute. And I remember going to this little girl and she was coloring and I said, that's ugly. I want you to rip that up and start over again. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, I don't, I, she started crying, mm-hmm. you know, she was crying and I hurt her feelings and, you know, I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. I got in big time <laughs> trouble when the teacher came back, 
I, to this day, you know, have said, oh my gosh, you know, what, why would I do that? That's just downright mean. But that was the immaturity. That was me with my perfection, all those things. (laughs) And me wanting to tell her what to do, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's a classic. So, I mean, ex- yeah. There's an example, is what yeah. I'm saying. So, we sometimes have to learn, have to grow. And I do think God gives us the opportunity to redeem ourselves, even in scripture, when even Jesus' disciples, they would bicker and, you mm-hmm. know, they'd try to do one up on the other. And, it's just human nature sometimes yeah. when we're not really walking in the Holy Spirit. Right. And, you know, we're not fully there yet in terms mm-hmm. of our understanding and our empathy and really getting out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Just like what you've illustrated here in your conversation around repurposing and all of that, I think it's a beautiful illustration of where God is taking you to. Yeah. It's an ongoing journey. So that's, what's important to know is that there's never Mm -hmm. a point of having arrived. So no matter whose story you're telling on altered stories, there's this point where some sort of transformation happens. You know, I've been listening to some of your episodes and you have people who have come through some really tragic backgrounds. Then there's this moment where they realize okay, there's, I, I can change. I can step out of this, but then they don't just end their story with, and they all lived happily ever after. It means that in every relationship and everything in life, I'm going to have to be like David in the Psalms who asked God to search his heart and show me where I need to make a change. That needs to be our daily thing because in my marriage, in my parenting, in my work, in everything that I've gone through over the years, there have been moments that have tested me where I slip right back into the old mindset. And God says, no, I want you to show grace. This last year has been one of those because one of the things that's happened from where I was 20 years ago to where I am now is that I think about things differently. There was a time when if we had a political or a theological difference that would be the end of it. You couldn't be in my circle. We just couldn't hang out because I wanted everyone to think like me. And over the years, God has tested me in ways of pushing me to build relationships with people who are very different in their thinking from me. It doesn't mean I condone anything that, you know, they may be living a life completely outside of God's plan, but it doesn't excuse me from having a relationship. We can agree to disagree. We can actually have a a mature conversation about things that we don't agree on. And God is pushing me to do that more. And it's uncomfortable. It's not, you know, the process of refinishing and repurposing something includes sanding off an old surface sometimes and replacing it. And when God does that in our lives, that's not always a comfortable thing. Sometimes it's um, looking at like what he's teaching me through another person's story. And I realize oh, my attitude was so off on that. So over the years, it's one story after another of a relationship Mm -hmm. where God says, okay, in this case, I want you to go to lunch with this person. I want you to join this business group and get to know some people who are different from you. I want you to go work this job for a while and get to know some people who are different from you. Every one of them is part of the refining process. Taking away like that perfectionist 
nature of wanting everything to be all orderly. And then God shakes it up and says, go here, go there, move here. Um, It it has taught me something about being a different kind of a wife, a better mother-in-law, all of those things as well. And so it is that constant asking God to search me and show me what he needs to change in me. And then also believing that no matter what mess somebody else is in, God has a plan for their life. And I don't necessarily need to be the one to do all the cleaning up. I need to be there to support that person when they're going through it, but I don't need to fix people. And that's one of the Bible passages that I really love and that I sign in books and everything is from Isaiah 61, three. And it is the one about uh, giving a crown of beauty for ashes and a joyous blessing Mm -hmm. instead of mourning. But right before that, it's from Isaiah 61, and there's this prophecy about what Jesus is going to do. And then later when Jesus comes to earth, he actually recites these verses where he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to, and I've come to bring good news. I've come to bring good news to the poor, to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. And I look at that and and think, oh, Jesus does all that. He does the freedom. He, you know, he takes care of the repurposing part. And then I can be there to rejoice with somebody else's story when they talk about how God has taken the ashes of their life and they have found something beautiful in the middle of that. And so I feel like now my role in life is no longer fixing and judging, but it's bringing hope and coming alongside. And if I could sum up my mission statement in life, it is to help people find hope in the middle of the trashy stuff of life as they walk through it, just to find those little jewels in the dirt and know that even in the messy stuff, there is still hope there. Yes, that's so beautiful, Michelle. And, you know, I think this is a good way to end the God story. As we know, there's an altered story that continues, right? Yeah. But I think this is a much needed story that's needed, in my opinion, to go out because we've had 55 different altered stories where the Lord, you know, has come in, transformed, changed, Mm -hmm. and women have, as a result, healed and walked forward in their purpose and all those things. But the continuation, as you've shared I mean, the reality is there's a continuation mm-hmm. and then we are constantly being um, refined, yes. you know, as we go through this um, life journey or the season that God has given us. So I really love what you've shared. And I thank you again for your time and sharing what you've shared today. And I know so many Listeners are going to enjoy this. And I hope we get some feedback. Yeah. Um, I love to get feedback on the stories. And I know you're going to share this out with your listeners yes. too. And I know many are going to be blessed. We are approaching Memorial Day weekend in the start of summer mm. and um, honoring those men and women who've given their lives for yes. us for our freedom in our country. I really am grateful and friends. I will have this episode available to listen to on our website. 
and other information about Michelle, like how to get her journal, her books, and where to go to listen to her podcast, because you're going to want to give a listen <laughs> and read her books too. And also, friends, we always love it when you follow us and Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platforms and subscribe to the show. I continue to find amazing guests that are willing to come on the show and share and to bless those of you out there that are listening as we continue to broaden, you know, with our reach across the world. So is there anything else, Michelle, before I close that you might want to share that the Lord is talking to you about right now? Yeah, well, I, I want to thank you for having me and, and giving me an opportunity to speak to your audience. And for the person who is listening, I want you to know there is hope. And no matter where you are and how broken you are right now, there are people who are waiting to come alongside you in that journey as God transforms you. And so I want you to know how much he loves you, how much God loves you, and how much he wants to be part of that process. So wherever you are in the mess, we're here for you and he's here for you. And I, I'll be praying for you, whoever you are and wherever you are, that you find that peace. Thank you, Michelle, for that and those closing words. And friends, until the next show, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 